beyond well-being, leading a thriving, generative and conscious workplace culture with Daryl Brown and Lena Mberku. So welcome to this uh, episode of um, Beyond Wellbeing, where Daryl and I are going to do a little review of the year and um, the guests that we have had, the insights that we have gained and our reflections on uh, the year and uh, our desire and hope for the upcoming years. Mm. It's been an amazing year, hasn't it, Lena? The, um, just... Uh, if we just look at the context, the societal context of the kind of year that we've been through, and then as we st as we continue or develop this conversation around well-being, we can see that um, I don't know. I think it seems to have been highlighted more and more that there are more people um, recognizing the value and the, um, the incredible need to to be able to speak up about our human condition within our work environments you know and um i think that's been coming through virtually everyone that we've spoken to this year yes it's been really exciting to see that well-being is very much on the agenda and that there is more awareness around practices that uh, people can do individually but also as a collective like things that people can do at home and i guess everybody had been forced to work from home uh, during COVID and um, that has created uh, much more of an understanding of what does it take to keep uh, mentally healthy as well as physically healthy when you are in lockdown. But I think that um, it just brought to the forefront how to take care of each other as well and how to look after each other and how to ask somebody whether they're okay and how to recognize the signs when somebody is not coping so well so um i think that it creates better relationships both at work but also in society it's, uh, it's a real revolution i guess in in being which is fascinating to watch yes and uh, i agree and there's so much even around um, even for ourselves, that there is no longer this, there seems this growing awareness that there's no longer a need to pretend that we've got it all, all okay. So even for ourselves to kind of think that, you know, that the one who's the most stoic will um, get the pat on the back, um, that's, that's no longer so much the case in the conversations and it's more around you know, just being able to um, be okay with not being okay and, yeah, to stick your hand up and say, actually, today I'm not okay, and then recognising our humanity, you know, across, um, across the way there in our workplace and that we are, we kind of share our, I suppose, in some ways, our frailties as much as, um, you know, our strengths, uh, you know, in common, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think it makes it like a warmer way of being that allows us to remember our humanity and remember the difference between us and robots. And, um, and it has 
created as well a new sort of leadership that's a little bit more heart-centered and where leaders lead by example by, by actually sharing their vulnerability and being the first to say hey i might need some time off right now to sort this out or uh, I might need a little walk around the block before I come back to this uh, meeting. Or, and that opens up um, other ways of being that allow for more creativity and possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was one of the big things. And as we as we talk to so many specialists across different aspects of well-being as that there's actually i mean there's a, there's a sound business case for for practicing a well-being culture but it's not just a numbers game it's actually you know we're discovering that like in terms of a performance culture or or getting anything like that we've got to get closer to what it means to be human and to understand that and to be and to kind of relax into that in some ways. Um, and it's in that, as you're talking about there, just in that relaxing into that and being okay with making mistakes and being human and giving permission for that kind of stuff that our creativity and our innovation and our problem solving um, strengths can come to the fore and we can come up with new ways of doing things and better ways of doing things and better ways and, and greater ways of adding value in whatever our enterprises endeavor is, you know? So, um, so that's been pretty cool. That kind of, I think it's an unfolding, it's continuing to unfold across organizations. They're going actually, oh, there's something to this, you know, like when we actually um, tap into people's humanity we're actually engaging they're engaged more and um they're able obviously there's more fun to be had like it's the, the idea that we can relate to each other as human beings and and more on that friendship level is is a, is a growing idea as well and, and how that is quite fulfilling in itself and that then the energy that comes from that that then can be applied to you know, your work or your enterprise's missional objectives um, is kind of through the roof. Indeed. Yeah, hearing you share that reminds me of uh, episode 10 when we had a conversation with Brock Weston um, about psychological safety and how when we create a psychologically safe environment where people can share the truth and talk about what's going on in their life, it creates um, an atmosphere that's really conducive to problem solving and creativity and innovation and, and better understanding within the teams. And it leads to more productivity and efficiency. It's a drug. It, it actually changes the game. And that's really worthwhile to look at and to to try to foster in an organization like the capacity for people to feel at ease around each other and not fear judgment yeah no that's a big thing and i pick up on that too because um I, when we were talking with sean mm. um and then let's see what episode that was he he was talking a lot about how there's like there's 
there's this studies that show the incredible lack of engagement and the lack of capacity that people are bringing to the workplace. And um, across the world, like all the Western world, it seems to be, you know, maybe that sometimes there's a whole bunch of people that are feeling like they can bring 20% of their capacity because of every other stuff that's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. And then you're going, oh, okay, so what, what does it take then as we start to understand humanity, as we understand the human condition, what does it take to be able to raise that percentage up? And to see, you know, when you've got the high capacity people working at, you know, let's not say 100%, but at a, a pretty good productive capacity of 80%, that, um, you know, there's a whole lot of human factors in that of how we relate or how we work with one another, how we accept one another and, and how we're able to, you know, even come into the workplace with a like a, a clean slate, so to speak, or, and not just bring a whole lot of baggage that we've got to kind of hide under our desks or something like that. Yeah, indeed. So it was episode 16 where we spoke to Sham Hall. And yes. uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, changing our approach to our capacity as human beings and, and becoming what he calls an energist um is defining of our productivity and our well-being uh, our capacity to be energized by by work itself like that that instead of feeling drained by what we do that we can turn up and actually feel proud and on purpose and having a sense of contribution and having a sense of um, uh, ease around colleagues that that have us feel really good at the end of the day rather than completely depleted and counting the days to the weekend and counting the days to the next holidays and counting the days to retirement etc like so i think that changing those mindsets and changing the approach that we have and becoming more aware of how we fuel and refuel ourselves really, really matters. Yeah. And that picks up a little bit because it reminds me of our conversation with Claire. Um, and uh, where was she? She was talking a lot about strengths and, and the way that with an organization, if you take on an understanding that each person brings their own individual strengths into their environment and that they can be capitalized and not, we're not just looking for a cookie cutter way of doing things within a particular role or anything like that. But as you tap into the strengths of an organization and of an individual and then the group and your team together, then, um, then you really, again, you're, you're, you're doing exactly what you were just talking about before, which is you're fueling that fulfillment and that, that feeling that you've really got something to um, contribute to, um, to, the, to the mission of, of your, your group. And um, that makes so much difference when you're you know, heading home, heading out the door, that your unique con contribution was, is really valued within your organisation. Yes. Yeah, and I think that having that also helps prevent and avoid 
uh, burnout and we had also great conversations around burnout um, with Annie Harvey uh, who shared her own burnout stories and how she manages to reduce her stress on a, on a daily basis, like how she addresses stress to different practices like posing or laughing, etc., and being able to recharge herself and notice the first signs of burnout and, and act on them before it's too late. And I really valued that as well. And I have heard from a few listeners that that episode have been also really useful for them because burnout has become such a big thing in a yeah yeah and that kind of picks up doesn't it like on that whole you know when we're talking about the, the strengths and things but the same sort of thing the burnout comes when we're not operating in our sweet zone mm. when we're when probably possibly the expectations on us to perform in a certain way don't actually line up with our strengths. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff on that just on being able to manage yourself, manage our, our lives, manage, manage our mental health in so, so many ways. And um, that was a conversation we had with, um, with Jack. I love that conversation we had with Jack from, from saying, uh, and he's, he talks a lot about mental health and 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 sometimes how you know when we're going through something and we have have uh, I suppose it's mental health issues that that sometimes that's stigmatized as well um, mm-hmm. and and incredibly he's finding that um, with some of the people he's working with uh, who might uh, have some diagnosis of schizophrenia or something like that that in fact during this whole um pandemic time and this covid thing where there's a lot of seemingly like a whole bunch of different stresses around that in fact they're doing really well because it's not a lot different for them from what they normally experience you know in terms of that feeling isolated being able to manage that and um yeah those different sorts of things so yeah mental health um that was a that's a that's a big deal now and yeah. and being able to as as you're saying with Annie talking about how to look for the signs of when we're getting into a place where we've got to look into managing ourselves and then Jack was the same thing he he's a real advocate for taking the um, taking it even having a company mandated one extra week a year where you actually take it to kind of rejuvenate yourself to rejuvenate your vision and your purpose and and just to sit back and kind of work out a kind of a i suppose in some ways it's like a mental health plan and you know like just what some way of reinvigorating yourself and 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 purpose for the coming year yeah I think that's a message that uh, our listeners could benefit from as well as we're coming to the end of the year, like just that sense of allowing ourselves to rest. It's been a big year and just taking those moments to do nothing or to reflect uh, on the year and or to meditate, but just having that space in between, like to not just be in a doing mode, but 
allowing themselves to be mm. such a precious practice. Yeah. Mm. There's so much, yeah. And hopefully that's what's happening. You know, we we often have these mandated holidays around um, Christmas, which is not a bad thing. Um, but hopefully we can use that, you know, as um, as as a, a a refreshing time and um, yeah, a building up time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been an interesting year, hasn't it? Though, like again, we've talked. We started off talking about the context of of uh, just the unusual year it's been uh, in terms of uh, the interruption of pandemic and the rise of virtual meetings and um, and the work remote working uh, all of those things which will probably become not the pandemic but will become continuing themes as we move into next year and um, but that that increased um, understanding of our own individual fragility that we're not superman anymore like we've got to look out for our health and the health of those around us that's just straight pandemic talk there but also um as employers and working with your staff and being more intentional about the relationships that you have with them rather than just you know pointing at them and say do this do that it's been a it's been a growing understanding over this um challenging year and um I kind of hope that that continues. There was a, a few conversations we had as we look towards post post pandemic time mm. and looking into next year as well, as to what yeah. what our new world's going to look like, what our new work relationships are going to look like. Yeah, and I think I think those those trends will carry on because I mean the mere fact that millennials are constituting the major part of workforce at the moment and, and millennials really care about their well-being and, and care about having purpose and care about the way that they're treated in their organization and um, would be leaving to get to another organization that treats them better. I guess it's changing the game. I think it makes uh, organizations more accountable and and they have to up their game in order to attract the best talent. So, um, so I believe that this new way of working, new way of being, is is here to stay. Like that there is uh, there are deep changes that have occurred in organisations, and I believe that we'll see more heads of well-being and uh, more well-being programs and uh, yeah uh, in-house consultants and facilitators and people who will really encourage uh, culture change yeah yeah and there's so much you know we've got we've got to learn as leaders continue to learn as leaders um, how to help our team function the best and and certainly um certainly there's i I reckon there you know as we've talked to a few people there's a growing understanding of what we need to do and uh as leaders and that the old habits and the ways that we you know if if they're not working for us if they're not serving our organizations anymore then we need to get some help or some assistance or some insight into how we can move forward from that and and you know get coaching or 
or or whatever it takes. And I can remember Dan talking about that. Like he says, he was talking about leaders. They know what we know what to do. Leaders know what to do. It's just when it comes down to it, sometimes it's just not it's just not happening. Um, and so there needs some assistance then to change change habits and to change you know the ways we operate and to become more aware of of what's going on and you know like um take to move out of that i think you know we're understanding that more that just move out of that fear state that kind of that whole intense competition or that that fight or flight mechanism that we can get tapped into sometimes and again, you know, when you when you embrace well-being principles, that allows us to move into that. And so, um, yeah, I'm hopeful that that kind of continues. That understanding just becomes more mainstream, and and we start to be able to, you know, be more human with one another and just see the impacts on our organisations. Yes, indeed, and. Um... Yeah, I'm reminded of that book that uh, Vivek was writing, uh, Vivek Iani, that we had in episode uh, 18. Uh, uh, when we were interviewing him, he mentioned he was writing a book about how to deal with millennials and how to harness their talents and, uh, and engage with them in a way that benefits them and benefits the organization. So I think that we need to listen a bit more to all those voices that that are willing to contribute and are willing to change the way that we do business the the, the keys and the solutions are actually out there it's just a matter of paying attention yeah and you know like probably a few years ago this whole um well-being culture and and well-being um, focus was probably not such a thing but it's certainly been a big thing and uh, and a growing and a growing thing um, you know like even as we look at those conf a couple of conferences that we've been to this year by uh, well-being pr practitioners and and HR people within organizations attended by you know thousands or registered thousands of people um, from organizations across the country. Uh, being involved in these things and, um, you know, taking the stories and taking the work back to their organisations. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of encouraging. <laughs> I agree because I think that the more stories are shared, the more attention is brought to the help that is actually already available, to the solutions that are already available, the, the, the better the workplaces and the more our contribution to the world can be. And um, again, I'm reminded of um, our interview with, uh, with Jenny George, uh, CEO of Converge International, who mentioned that um, the best mental health service that no one knows about yes. is the employee assistance uh, program. Um, so it's something that's actually really efficient and, and can actually be extraordinarily helpful and yet nobody uses it so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what you just said like the, the importance of having those conferences those seminars having a podcast like ours or having people uh, like our guests uh, doing TED talks and and really bringing awareness to what is possible and what world do we want to co-create Mm, absolutely yeah 
no, it's been um, it's been so fantastic having having our our guests on and just finding out just the different facets of of ways that we can improve the way that we are together, um, mm. improve that that place and that environment where we spend you know a good portion of our lives um and, and yeah ch change the quality of our lives in that sense as well so um yeah it's been brilliant mm. so what is your hope or your desire for 2021 and beyond yes 2021 well as as dan was talking about in his one he kind of just hopes that the conversation continues and um yeah look and that the learnings that we get we've taken from this year um, stay with us and and I suppose that's the same for me that I would hope that uh, as we continue this conversation that there's a there's a greater openness at all levels um, for um, you know for people that have got skills and have got ways of of bringing life to uh, to organizations that that they have openings and they have more ways of um you know bringing that creative response into an organization um to uh, to see them kind of ramp up and you know we're all all about as well just um toning down that old us versus them type of way of um, thinking and just seeing that we are uh we are in this together and that as we as we look to work together and contribute that that you know our um our environments our working places um our contribution to society that'll all kind of um be elevated and um you know those are those are good things so uh, what's your kind of thoughts lena yeah i i definitely hope and believe in uh, humanizing work and humanizing organizations and uh, having this really this, this organic approach to um, to well-being rather than a mechanistic approach where it's just like a box to take yeah. and uh, yeah. just like uh, making it very tokenistic like I think that if it's coming from a place of deep care and a real understanding of the importance of of this i think it can bring real change that um matters not only to the individuals and to society but to future generation and to who who we are in the world and what it is that we are creating for the future so um it is about bringing our best selves to work it is about doing our best work and i highly hope that this message is getting spread out and and can change the world yeah yeah no it's a big deal i think those days as you were saying of of ticking boxes of being seen to do the right thing mm. but not actually doing <laughs> like not having the heart it, there's there's something about having heart isn't there like that seems to be making the difference it's kind of hard to explain because you can't put it on a piece of paper mm. you, can be, you can tick a few boxes and appear to be doing the right things but if the spirit of genuinely wanting to connect or genuinely um wanting the best for 
um, your stakeholders, whether they're within your organization or your customers, um, you know, if, it's, if that's not genuine, then that's, that shows up straight away. And um, I think we're getting past that place where, uh, and I'll just, you know, just hope that we continue to get past that of just um, putting on a, putting on a pretty face and dressing it up with a few, you know, graphs and charts and tick boxes and things and um, going, yeah, we're doing our bit. And that was that, you know, we had that great conversation about uh, in inclusivity and, and just the uh, inclusiveness of that range of diversity that we have in our world today. And um, just the way that can, can contribute to um, just different outputs as well. Mm. Yeah, big difference. That's great. Well, it's been absolutely delightful to collaborate with you on this project and uh, really look forward to carry on to, to deepen our relationship and to welcome new guests to our podcast and keep spreading this message. Mm, thank you, Lena. Yes, no, it's been fantastic being part of this. You've been listening to Beyond Wellbeing with Daryl Brown and Lena Mberku. Well, there we go, another year down. There's 20 episodes under our belt. Look, if uh, you want to catch up with us, uh, you know how to do that. You can get on to lena at macroleaders.com.au uh, or search her out, Lena Mbaku, on LinkedIn. Same, Daryl Brown. I can be found on LinkedIn at Upside Down Leader as well as uh, on my own site at upsidedownleader.com, which takes you to a Facebook group. Look, I hope you've had a productive year and we look forward to um, seeing what the new year brings. Catch you then. <laughs>